Douglas MacArthur became the youngest chief of staff of the U.S. Army at age 50. A four-star general, he retired in 1939, but he returned in 1941 to defend the Philippines. When Japan invaded, President Roosevelt ordered him to Australia. MacArthur left the Philippines, but not before promising, I shall return. General MacArthur was deeply concerned when he heard of 10,000 Filipino and American prisoners who died on the Bataan Death March. On October 20th, 1944, General MacArthur returned with an American army and freed the Philippines, stating, People of the Philippines, I have returned. By the grace of Almighty God, our forces stand again on Philippine soil, soil consecrated by the blood of our two peoples. We've come dedicated, committed to the task. We're going to destroy the enemy. The hour of your redemption is here. Christ came as a baby, basically entered into this world practically unnoticed. Jesus Christ was born to die. He went to the cross and He died to bring you and I salvation. He ascended back up to the Father. and He left this promise, I shall return. General MacArthur was able to make a promise. He was fortunate to be able to keep it. Jesus Christ is going to keep His promise as well. The King is coming. That's good news this morning. The King came once, but He's coming again. And that's good news. Promises made, promises kept. There's, I should probably say, prophecy made and prophecy kept or prophecy fulfilled. Our topic this morning is God said it would happen and it will. Advent season is the coming of Christ. He came once. He's coming again. In fact, the second coming of Jesus Christ is the greatest theme in all of Scripture. Some of you that have been here for several weeks, maybe you can help me with my own message this morning so I don't sound like a broken record. How many prophecies are there in the Bible about the first coming of Christ? Approximately 300. Very good. About a hundred prophecies and there are multiple times references to them. So all in all about 300. And how many are there about the second coming of Christ? Eight times as many. I'll help you. I'll give you the answer. 2,400 references to the second coming of Christ. You say, why do you sound like a broken record? Well, I think it's pretty important. If there's that much of Scripture dedicated to that, and I can't get away from the Lord just pushing me in the back and saying, you need to talk about my coming again. You need to tell people, not just on the platform, but you and I, this week, as we gather with family, as we gather with friends, it needs to be part of the conversation. Sure, He came once, but He's coming again. The King is coming. Our text is Revelation 22. The last chapter of the book of the Bible. Behold, I am coming quickly. He says it three times. Behold, I am coming quickly. Surely I am coming quickly. And the response is, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Anytime that is, we think about that, that should be the response of the heart. As the bride longing for the husband. Yes, even so, come, Lord Jesus. 
We've spoken about waiting and anticipating. We've talked about preparation. We, we talked two weeks ago about being a prepared people, a bride prepared for the groom. Many missed his first coming. They weren't looking. They weren't paying attention. They weren't understanding the times. And so it is today. If you and I don't understand the times, we will miss it. Today we're going to look at fulfillment. Fulfillment in, in this incredible story that we all celebrate. The lineage of the Messiah was successfully prophesied to be in the human family first. Genesis 3.15, the first messianic promise. And then through Shem, then through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, finally David. It was predicted in Psalm 2 that in addition to the human lineage, he would uniquely be the Son of God. Isaiah's prophecy, he's called the mighty God. The one whose goings forth were from everlasting to everlasting. Micah 5.2 We've sung about round yon virgin. The virgin birth is clearly prophesied in Isaiah 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. Matthew 2.20, for that which is conceived in her, Mary, is of the Holy Spirit. God said it would happen, and it did. 700 years before it happened, God said this is what's going to happen. And it did. God said His birthplace would be in Bethlehem. It's prophesied in Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem and Pathrath, through you, a small, though you are a small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me the one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Many of us will read Luke chapter 2 this week. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. All went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. Joseph went also up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Just like Micah had said it would be. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David. You see, God said it would happen just like that. And it did. God said, I'm going to send somebody ahead of the Messiah. Isaiah 40 says, the voice of him crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Micah 3, 1, I will send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire. Right before we read about the birth of Jesus, we read about the birth of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, that that interesting character though he be, he comes declaring the way of the Lord. Prepare, repent. Just like God said it would. God said it would happen like that. And what? It did. It's prophesied that there'd be gifts at his birth. You can read about it in Psalm 72. This is the prophecy that was made. May the kings of Tarshish and the distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all the nations serve him. This is years before it's prophesied what would happen. Even gifts at his birth. 
Matthew 2 tells the story of the Magi, members of the priestly caste in Persia who were experts in astronomy and astrology, well versed in the Old Testament. Persian society Magi were honored as royalty and they brought gifts appropriate for another king. God said it would happen. And it did. It was prophesied that infants would be massacred near the time of his birth. This is one of the ugly uh, stories. Jeremiah 31, this is what the Lord says. The voice is heard in Ramah mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After the Magi come through, Matthew 2, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by them, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and younger. He was trying to, to pinpoint the time that they had come through. So everybody under two years below were killed. God said it would happen and it did was prophesied that they would go into Egypt, reside in Nazareth. He would grow up in obscurity. He'd be spirit-filled and anointed from birth. God said it would happen, and it did. There were many things about His earthly teaching and His ministry that were prophesied. His earthly ministry was not prophesied, was not built on his personal appearance. Isaiah said he'll grow up before him as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, no beauty that we should despise, desire him. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We see as Jesus is teaching, what astounded them is that He taught them with authority. It wasn't about his physical appearance. He was teaching them as one who had authority. God said it would happen. And it did. Isaiah speaking about the Messiah. And then Jesus says this. He starts, he takes the scroll and he's reading this in Luke 4. He's saying, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He hath appointed me, anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Aren't you glad He's still doing that? Opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, Isaiah goes on to say some some more stuff. He goes on to say, in the day of vengeance of our God to come. But Jesus stops right there. There's a comma right there. Why would Jesus stop right there? Luke records this. He says, after he says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, he closed the book. He gave it to the minister and sat down. All the eyes on... Of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, this day is this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Scripture was fulfilled. God said it would happen and it did. See, there's still some things to be. The day of vengeance is still to happen. That's what had been fulfilled to that point, to the point of that comma. That's the fascinating thing about Scripture is that it's unfolding right before our eyes. Current events are confirming revelation and so many things. The King is coming. 
His triumphal entry into Jerusalem was prophesied. Zechariah said he's going to be riding on a donkey. It was Zechariah prophesied that he'd be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. You know that was the case. God said it would happen and it did. It was prophesied that he'd be spat upon, stricken, scourged. They spit in his face. They struck him with their fists. Others slapped him. God said it would happen and it did. You know, it was even prophesied in Psalms that, that they would gamble for the robe that he wore. They cast lots for the robe. And that's exactly what happened. God said this is going to happen and it did. Even Jesus spoke about what would happen to him. Crucifixion and then resurrection from the dead. The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests, and be killed after three three days rise again. God said it would happen, and it did. After his ascension, it was predicted by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass. I'll pour out my spirit on your flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon the servants and the handmaidens in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Fast forward to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. And there appealed unto them cloven tongues of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all... All filled with the Holy Ghost. Just like he said it would happen. God said it would happen. And it did. Can I tell you this morning. He's still pouring out his spirit. I claim that one over my own children. I claim that over the children of Nouvelle. God is still pouring out his spirit. On our sons and our daughters. God said it would happen. And it is. We sang in one of the songs there, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in His wing. Can I tell you that He's still healing people today? Connie joined me for a testimony this morning. Connie told me this week, Pastor, I got a testimony. Come here. If I'm if I'm remembering right, the the doctor said the kidneys were at what percent? Stage three, kidney disease, and I my kidneys were functioning forty five percent. So it was real scary for me. But I went the other day and I had CAT scan and an ultrasound, and my kidneys are functioning at one hundred percent. Hallelujah! Yeah. Can you give him praise this morning? God said it would happen, and it does. It's it does. still happening. Yes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Connie. God said it would happen, and it is. He's calling people to trust Him. Trust Him with His finances. Malachi said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food. Test me in this, and see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there's not enough room to store. We've been trusting God with that. There's been testimonies from here. I got another phone call. I got another text. Donnie, come share with us this morning. Another testimony of God's faithfulness. They've been going through job transitions. Can we trust God with this? They put in their tithe last couple of weeks. They've been going through a tough time in their family. Come join me, Donnie. Come testify to the goodness of God. 
The enemy is mean. Things happen in families. How long has it was it before your family? How many years since your family was together? Uh, probably two and a half, three years that we've been separated. Me and my siblings over. But an act of obedience. It's not always financial. God began to work. And this was yesterday at four o'clock. Your brothers and sisters reunited with Mama. <laughs> And that's Don. This is T. Don. <laughs> but the family put back together again. Is God good or what? Test me in this. And let's see if I won't pour out blessings. God said it would happen. And it did. It's happening right now. Thank you, brother. We give God all the praise and glory for that. He said, you'll know you're my disciples by your love one for the other. People been blessing this week. Earl's been out blessing. Tori was able to deliver some stuff for the church blessing. Come on, Ricky and Pam. Come on, Wayne. Get up here with us. We're testifying to the goodness of God. He's still doing it. I first met Ricky six years ago. Ricky, it was not like it is today, huh? (laughs) It was some tough times that we went through together. And we ministered downtown. But now Ricky's got his own place. He's got his own vehicles. He's got his own wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ricky told a couple of days ago, he said, Pastor, I want to give back. I found a good deal on some chicken. He drove out to St. Martinville, bought the chicken. He, this place was smelling good yesterday. You probably wanted to know about it. Wayne and they put it together. They went downtown. I heard when they showed up at the library and said, food here. Everybody came out of the library and, and, and blessed them. They will know my, you're my disciples by you. They were just pouring out the love of Jesus. Jesus has been loving on them. And they were able to love back. Can you give him praise this morning? God said it would happen. And it did. We're going to seek his face. I want you to get ready. The Advent season is not only his first coming, but his coming right now. While we're anticipating his second coming. I want you to just begin to, to seek him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have spiritual renewal around the first of the year, but that God is calling us to pray for prodigals in this, in this coming year, in 2019. And I'm claiming this morning the prophecy of Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. In the Hebrew, that means literally to come down. And if I was to get on my knees and, and even to lay completely flat-faced on this, that's the way God, that's what it means for God to come completely down. And if God is all the way down in our lives and in our church, can you imagine what He can do? John said, I'm going to baptize you with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Baptism, it's overwhelming. You go completely, you're immersed in it. If you and I will allow the Holy Spirit to have a monopoly on us, and we be completely immersed, oh, that you would come down. This is the day. These are exciting days to let the glory of God fall and make change and affect, heal our land. We're candidates for that. We're candidates for a move of God. How bad do you want it? Back to Joel. I'll pour out my spirit. That was verse 29. 
Go right to the next verse, verse 30. I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Then the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Have you read the news in the last couple of years? Are you paying attention? God said it would happen. And it will. I woke up this week. I had this message on my mind. I had this thought. Prophecy made. Prophecy fulfilled. First advent. Thank you Lord. You said it would happen. And it did. Then immediately my mind went to the current events of the day. I'm still laying in bed. And I'm, I'm. I thought about the president's decision to pull out of Syria. And I thought. It's interesting, it's strange, he overrode, General Mattis actually resigned in protest to it. And just as quickly as I was thinking about that, why would he do that? Gog and Magog came to my mind. I don't go around every day thinking about Gog and Magog. What's that about? Get up. You know, Google doesn't have all the answers. In fact, be real careful what you look at on Google and where the source is. I started reading Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39. I read Revelation 19. And I got to thinking, well, that makes sense now. There's a vacuum in Syria. There's a room for the armies of the north and from the... There's room for Gog and Magog possibly. Maybe this is unfolding right before our eyes. Doesn't scare me. That encourages me. That God's in control. God knows exactly what's going on. And that you and I have the privilege. If this is that time, we have the privilege of being alive in one of the greatest moments in history. Coming for a pure and radiant bride. We're going to have some fabulous meals this week with friends and family. But but there's soon to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. God said it would happen. And I promise you it will. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians. When we're thinking about virgins... Christmas time. I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you, you as a chaste virgin to Christ. He's coming back for a prepared bride that is ready for her husband, pure and spotless. That's why we ask for the sanctifying work of God. And there may be more purification. And read scripture. There's a purification process yet to happen. It's about to get ugly. Are you ready? Are you ready? God said it would happen. Guess what? It will. Can I just take a few moments and say, while we're having all fun, and I love traditions, I love playing games. Some of you watch so many Hallmark movies, you're sick of Hallmark movies. Can I tell you how to be blessed? 
Blessed this week, blessed in 2019, Revelation 1-3. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written because the time is near. well-known Christian wrote, The last days are upon us. Weigh carefully the times. Look for him who is above all times, eternal and invisible. That wasn't written by a modern prophecy expert. It was written by a man named Ignatius about 110 A.D., just a couple of decades after the Apostle John wrote the Revelation. Another Christian wrote, There's no doubt that the Antichrist has already been born, firmly established in his early years. He will, after reaching maturity, achieve supreme power. Influential Christian named Martin, about 375. (laughs) We've been looking for the coming of Christ. These are the last days. If it was the last days then, it really is the last. You remember, I remember where I was the year 2000. December 31, 1999. Carmen and I were living in Orange, Texas on Montrose Street. I was on call in the industrial pump business. We rented every pump there was in the Gulf South. I remember the last order I took was for the city of Monroe. They wanted 50 pumps and 50 suction hoses, 50 discharge hoses for all the sewer lift stations. I took the order and we started rounding up the pumps and shipped them up to Monroe. I sat there anxiously waiting. And then, you know, because there's other time zones, you could see there wasn't appearing anything happened. But it was even a, a relaxed a little bit once 12 o'clock ticked by and the computers didn't go haywire and everything just kind of continued as normal. But there was a lot of, like, we were pretty serious living at that time, weren't we? Because we didn't know what would happen. Headlines this week, December 20th. Rabbis have claimed the ring of fire's recent flurry of volcanic eruptions and earthquakes could be a sign of the end of days as foreseen in the Bible. God said it's going to happen. It will. It's going to happen. Moral conditions of the last days are prophesied to be like the days of Noah. There's a prediction that the moral conditions of professing religious people will be those of the heathen in the old pagan world. Listen carefully now. The catalog of sins of those who have a form of godliness looks a lot like the sins in Romans 1.28 where it talks about lovers of our own selves, covetous, proud, disobedient to parents unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Wow. What an indictment, Hound. Seems like that fits the bill. False teachers will deny the second coming of Christ. Second Peter 3.3, 3. last week I was sharing at Oceans and I was sharing a little bit about the second coming. And there was one dear lady on the geriatric tide. She said, I don't believe it. There's a lot of people that don't. Pretty good track record so far. (laughs) Prophesied in the Old Testament. It came to pass. God said it would happen, and it did. God said it would happen, and it is happening. I believe you and I need to be ready. God's told us what's getting ready to happen. It's going to happen.
They will deny even the Lord that bought them. They won't come to the knowledge of the truth despite much education and ever learning. Second Timothy 4, 4. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn to fables. We got more information than we ever had at our fingertips. I mean, Hosea talks about my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We, some of us need to, to really, God help us gain in our spiritual knowledge. Other things, we have more knowledge available, more commentary, more, more access to information than ever before. I just don't know that we have the obedience to match the knowledge. Some will depart from the faith and give way to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. There will be during the great tribulation and return a return to Satan worship. Revelation 13, before that they will worship demons and idols. They'll do so and especially with the use of drugs. In Revelation 9.20, sorceries is the Greek word where we get pharmaceutical. It means the magical incantations of the ritual use of drugs. Have we ever seen an upsurge in spiritism, astrology, witchcraft, and Satanism all over the world? Plus this widespread use of drug, it's a sign of the advent of the Antichrist. But it also is fulfillment of prophecy. God said it would happen, and it's happening. Just keep reading the book. I was when I was reading Ezekiel and, and Revelation, and it talked about, I got the Tori, the bones started coming together in, in Ezekiel 37. And I, I'm thankful we, we, we use that scripture as, as talking about the church, talking about us in our own lives. But, but prophetically, it looks like the, one of the graveyards of the Jewish people, 1948, they came into a nation. You know how many years? Do the math on it. Seventy years. They've been together, but they haven't come back to God. But then I thought about that prophecy where he says he's going to breathe into them. And then there'll be life and there's some neat things. That's oftentimes the way pattern is in Scripture. There's partial fulfillment and then there's final and full fulfillment. God said it would happen. <laughs> and it's going to. Say, Pastor, what do you want us to do? What do I need to do? If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, today is the day of salvation. <laughs> If you've been running from God, it's time to come home. It's come back. It's time to come back. To, that's the greatest gift. The greatest gift. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. If you're away from God, if you say, Pastor, I don't know if God came back right now or if I died today. I don't know what my eternal destination would be. Today is the day of salvation. If we admit our sin, we believe in our heart. God raised him from the dead. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Scripture says you will be saved. If you're walking with the Lord. I believe he wants to give us some new John the Baptist. I'm praying for some of us to just be clothed, not, not, to, not to be clothed in camels. And there's nobody going to get that for Christmas this week, huh? Maybe you'll get some wild honey. But there's some of us that need, I believe all of us need to be like John the Baptist. We need to be saying at work. We need to be saying to our neighbors, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Behold, He is coming quickly. 
Are you ready? We're going to share communion in just a moment, but I want you to just begin thinking through your own heart and your own life. What needs to change? The Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and says, son, daughter, you're not ready. I'm so thankful. The free gift of salvation, the good news today is that things can be made right with God. He's paid it all. He went to the cross to die for our sins so that we could be restored in relationship. He's given us the Holy Spirit to enable us to live holy and victorious lives. He wants us to be busy about His work. Are you ready? Are you ready? The Holy Spirit spoken to your heart this morning. I want you to stand with me. If you'd like to pray, just step out from I won't embarrass you. There's intercessors who would love to pray with you. God's it doesn't maybe you know Jesus, but God has spoken to your heart about an area of your life that, that He wants to do something new. Maybe you want to intercede for somebody else. This altar is open. Let's just come. Let's get honest before God. Bring your needs. Bring your needs to the altar this morning. Say, God, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do this in my own power. I'm coming back. I need you, oh God. Yes, you're here, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else, just come this morning. Let's pray together. Let's prepare our hearts. Spirit is here this morning. Thank you, Lord. Do a do deep work in our hearts today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. eternity to spend with each other. (laughs) I kind of like you. (laughs) We get eternity to spend with each other. Lord Jesus, we come humbly to your throne in your presence. Our heart just says yes to you, to your will, and to your way.
thank you that you have you have revealed yourself in scripture you've told through the prophets god and men and women anointed of god inspired you breathed into them we're asking you to breathe into us again today god fill us anew and afresh God, I pray for a spirit of of just honesty before you. I know you're getting us ready. There's a great revival already underway in this nation. We don't want to get left behind, God. We want to be a part of it. We want a Katiana. We want our families, God. I plead the precious. Just begin to intercede this morning for your family members. Some of them you'll see this week. Some of them don't know Jesus. God, I pray that you give us a holy courage this week to ask them, are you ready? God, some of us need to say grace. Some of us need to say, whoa, before we eat, we need to thank God. We need to thank Him for Jesus. Lord, we're going to gather at Your table. And Lord, You're coming again. Don't let the circle be broken. Don't let the family circle be broken in heaven. Don't let us miss this marriage supper of the Lamb, God. I pray, God, that that there will be family members because, Lord, it'll be some of it will be a seed planted this week. Some of it will be watering. And maybe, oh God, I think you'd be pleased if some of them got harvested this week. And we could light the evangelism candle next week, God, of a soul return to you. Make it so, God. Make it so. Give us a holy John the Baptist courage to say, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, He comes. Make it so in our lives. Make it so in our lives. Before we gather at the Lord's table this morning, I just want every head bowed. Maybe you say, Pastor, I didn't step out, but God's speaking to my heart. And you'll just lift your hand up and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I need God to do something. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Church family. This is a safe place. We need each other. We're going to fight each other's battles. We're going to fight the enemy. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus. And we're going to see victory all the way in. All the way in. All the way in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to invite Tori, Sanjay, Brother Marvin... Brad, come and assist this morning. We're going to share the Lord's Supper. It's open communion. If you're not a regular attender here, you're more than welcome to participate. You don't feel obligated, but we're going to make two lines in just a moment. And after everybody's been served the elements, we'll eat and drink together. This was instituted by our Lord and Savior as a sacrament which proclaims His life, His sufferings, His sacrificial death and resurrection and the hope, I love this part, the hope of His coming again. It shows forth the Lord's death until He returns. This is a means of grace in which Christ, He's present. Revelation, it talks about Him being in the midst of the candlesticks, in the midst of the church. Every time we gather in His name, He's in the midst. To be received in reverent appreciation and gratefulness for the work of Christ. So let those who are truly repentant, forsaking their sins, believing in Christ for salvation. You're invited to participate in the death and resurrection of Christ. We come to the table that we may be renewed in life 
and salvation, and we may be made one by the Spirit. In unity with the church, we confess our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. So come to His table this morning. done for you. He came to this earth, tabernacled among us, became flesh. Incredible redemptive plan of God to rescue you and to rescue me. See what God has done. Jesus, I just honor you. I bless your holy name. 
You are Emmanuel, God with us. You are the Lamb of God. Yes, you are the Lion of the tribe of Judah that will rule and reign forever and forever. The conquering King that is coming again. So it's with joy that we come to your table. Let's take the bread, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for you. Preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this. Remember that Christ died for you. Let's eat together. After supper, he took the cup. This is my blood. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you, preserved you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you and be thankful. Let's drink together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You just tell him thank you from the bottom of your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Shake hands with your neighbor. Tell him he's came, he came once, but he's coming again. Go in his peace today. Oh, well.